and welcome to episode 16 of your New Mexico government. I'm your host, Kaliole Colonna. Tax cuts, tax breaks, and tax cuts. That issue was debated last week in the House. How the possibility of tax cuts on Social Security benefits would lessen state revenue was the question. It's Monday, so that means Matt Grubbs takes the weekend's legislative news and wraps it up with a nice bow of perspective for you. My conversation with him is coming up next, and your New Mexico government starts now. Last week, House Bills 29 and 77 were tabled in committee. Now, both were in line to repeal or reduce state income taxes on Social Security benefits. We're here to find out how and why with my old friend Matt Grubbs, producer for New Mexico PBS. Matt, thank you so much for being with me. How's it going? I'm doing very well, thanks. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, this was an interesting uh, interesting hearing that happened on Saturday. Um, And like you said, the idea is to reduce some of the burden on people who rely on Social Security income. New Mexico is one of 13 states that taxes Social Security income, and we're one of three that taxes it like the feds do. Um, That's the result of a 1990 um, U.S. Supreme Court decision um, coming from a couple states which had similar issues as New Mexico. That being that if you had a pension coming in from the state, that was completely tax-free. Um, if you had a pension coming in from the feds, you only got a $3,000 deduction. Well, some federal employees um, sued, and uh, this, this was kind of the result of that. Um, what lawmakers are seeing here, Khalil, is, is a hole in the budget, um, anywhere from 78 to $90 million the first year to over $100 million um, four years out. And I think uh, based on what they were talking about in committee on Saturday, they were concerned that they just didn't have a plan to fill this hole. Okay, so so lawmakers denied this because they want to know where they make up the revenue that they're losing from giving these tax breaks. But here I ask this question, Matt. We've got other measures up there that potentially could replace and make revenue for the state, um, i.e. cannabis and other things. Do they consider that when they make these type of decisions? Because to cut these are people living on fixed income, mostly the elderly. They're going to not offer tax breaks for them. That's a little difficult. It, it is difficult. Um, you know, the idea that um, that we might generate revenue from cannabis or something like that, that revenue is, you know, almost really spoken for already. When they take a look at this, there's so much, I think, uh, desire to find more sources of funding. Um, and so when they talk about um having uh, increased income from something like cannabis, they're already looking at where, at where to put that. Ah. Um, so a, a situation like this, you're right, um, it does tend to um, impact people who are more reliant on Social Security. It impacts them more heavily. The Republican version would have exempted 100% of Social Security um, from Social Security income from income tax. The Democratic plans are right around $24,000, $25,000. There are still three different versions of this plan that are alive, um, one in the House and then a couple of them coming over from the Senate. So it's not completely dead, but, you know, without a plan to sort of mitigate or or mediate that hole um, that would be created, you know, anywhere from 78 to $90 million that first year, they have to figure something out or I, I don't see these other two or other three bills going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, are lawmakers getting together, possibly in a bipartisan fashion, to work out some plan to save this or to, to help the other three make it through, or are they just kind of just uh, going to throw their hands in the air and wait till next year? 
<laughs> well, you know, they um, they killed the Democrat bill and they killed the Republican bill. So that's maybe bipartisan. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's there appear to be some fundamental differences. Um, the Republicans put out a press release over the weekend, really sort of decrying the fact that this was this was killed. Um, it, uh, you know, but also the, the Democrat version was killed. So it's it's something that's interesting to both parties, I think. Where the difference is, is how they come up with the definition of who needs this tax break, um, how much it'll cost, and kind of what the principles are behind those, the reasons for doing that. So we'll see. I, I would say the fact that they're both offering bills um, is a pretty good indicator, I think, where this may ultimately fall flat is the fact that it's not part of a larger look at the tax system. And that's something that certain uh, representatives and senators have been trying to do for years. And when you're going to lop off such a big chunk of the of the income coming into the state, I think it stands a much better chance if it's part of a broad, comprehensive plan. Yeah. Well, hopefully they make that plan next year in the 60-day session. Um, moving on to something that you and I talked about last week, the settlement transparency, SB 64. That seems to get some traction. What's the update on that? Yeah, it uh, it passed the Senate. Um, so this is, um, like we talked about last Monday, um, the bill that would make public settlements that the state reaches with people who sue them. Um, right now, there's a six-month prohibition on that. Not only is there a six-month prohibition on disclosing those figures, but it's a crime if you disclose those figures. Mm-hmm. And you can't work for the state um, if you commit this crime. So it's really a, a gag order, um, and it's one of these things that we see where the state just sort of puts up the blinders and says, you know, just trust us, it'll be fine, and, and that, um, you know, the first chance you have to see it is at the earliest six months down the road, depending on the definition. So um, they've, they've kind of tinkered with this. It did pass the Senate unanimously. There are, you know, by the time folks are listening to you and I, there will be, let's see, nine, nine or 10 days left um, of legislative lawmaking. So there's not a whole lot of time to get it through the House, but, um, you know, it did only have to go through uh, a couple of committees once they decided that it was germane. So um, it, it could be something that we see. Okay. There seems to be some momentum behind it anyway. Yeah, and it looks like there is a lot of good uh, momentum in the public sentiment about that. Like people want to know, and the governor has made calls for more transparency. This would only help that mission out. So we'll keep an eye on that to see where it's going. Now, going on to education and people paying for school, the Opportunity Scholarship got reworked. I hear, okay, set the table for me. I hear that it was after the governor made a, quite a big deal about this. It was left out of the budget? It was. Um, it was left out of the budget in part because there are separate bills in both the House and the Senate that address this and would create appropriations. So what would happen is once these pass, if they pass, they would get rolled into the budget bill. Okay. Um, there is still a difference of opinion. Um, the Legislative Finance Committee, which sort of vets these bills and, and looks at all the numbers behind them, they had a, about a $14 million difference in, in what they thought this would cost versus what the governor's administration thought it would cost, 35 versus $49 million. So they need to hammer that out before lawmakers are going to feel comfortable with it. There were a couple of budget items in the budget that passed the House that would sort of address college affordability. It was not the Opportunity Scholarship Plan. Mm. So we'll take a look at that and 
there seems to be willingness to look at it. I just don't know if it's going to be the sort of thing that uh, that gets uh, tucked into the budget at the last second or not. Yeah, once once again, with nine to ten days left, there's a lot of work to do. And so some of these measures, even though they've gained some traction, may not have enough steam to make it across the finish line. A little bit more on the Opportunity Scholarship. It's meant to supplement the Lottery Scholarship. From reports, they say that the Lottery Scholarship now only covers about 60 to 75 percent of student costs. And the Opportunity Scholarship is to come into play to help costs. And then you can consider things like Pell Grants and other federal loans afterward. It seemed to have a good amount of support. As far as the lawmakers who are working on this bill, what is their sentiment? Are they excited about this? Are they saying this is just another place for us to spend money? Will this actually show some returns? What's their feel on this one? Well, that's the cautionary tack, that last one that you talked about. Um, You know, there does seem to be um, broad support among lawmakers for uh, college affordability and for increasing access to education. The question is, how do you go about it and how do you do it responsibly? Uh, The big worry that a lot of people have had is that New Mexico has structured the lottery scholarship so that the primacy is on just getting to college. Um, and if you can't make it all the way through, well, there were some pretty some pretty powerful lawmakers back in the day who set it up that under the sort of assumption that any college you get is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some there's some strong disagreement about that in the legislature. Um, you know, a lot of people say. Well, if any college is a good thing, maybe you need to sort of figure out how much college to give people. You know, is is a two-year degree something in the trades more useful to someone, um, you know, who can go off and make a very good living, you know, being a plumber or an electrician or something like that, you know, or do we need to really focus on, okay, let's get people in and out of the system in four or five years, um, get them a degree. degree. Um, So that's that's part of the kind of the fundamental underpinning with the lottery scholar or the opportunity scholar. They're looking at, do we need to change this from something that is the last dollar? So what else do you need to go to college to somewhere in the middle where they make it uh, perhaps a little more impactful for the people who uh, can't afford college, um, that it's there right away and and that they know about it. So we'll see. Um, it, uh, I, I honestly don't have a good feeling for this one. Like you said, there was a lot of excitement out of the governor's office for this, but I think lawmakers are kind of trying to figure out how do we craft a program that isn't going to get out of hand two, three, four years down the road. Yeah, yeah, something that's sustainable and also will encourage people to either go for an education in the first place or continue their education or expand upon it. We're going to be keeping an eye on all of these things, as Matt Grubbs does, because he gives us the information on Mondays. I want to thank you so much for being with me, my friend. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. And that's about all the time we have for today. Shout out and thanks to Matt Grubbs from New Mexico PBS for giving us some insight into the legislative moves taking place at the Roundhouse. Be sure to tune in tomorrow when my guest is Nash Jones from KUNM. We're going to talk about the word of the session. Cannabis. Yes. Is this going to happen or will we have to wait until next year? Nash Jones joins me in studio to give you some analysis. Your New Mexico government is produced by yours truly, and it's executive produced by Marisa DeMarco. Your NM government is a collaboration between KUNM, New Mexico PBS, and the Santa Fe Reporter. Funding for our legislative coverage is provided in part by the Thornburg Foundation and the New Mexico Local News Fund. For KUNM, I'm Khalil A. Colonna. Thanks for listening.